Life is hectic, so wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with Factor's chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 options a week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, they've got a variety that fits your lifestyle. Factor has restaurant-quality meals ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. They also have various easy options for the entire day, from breakfast to midday bites, smoothies, and more. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is a nutritious and delicious experience, and it won't break the bank. You can customize your meals by choosing 6 to 18 per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule deliveries anytime to fit your schedule. Factor meals are 100% hassle-free, giving you more time for what matters. Head to factormeals.com slash otherside50 and use the code otherside50 to get 50% off. That's code otherside50 at factormeals.com for 50% off your delicious, hassle-free meals. My name is Malcolm Nair with Guided Intelligence, and this is a little bit about my story about my near-death experience. So before my near-death experience, I basically was living an unconscious, subconscious paradigm where I was living from the past, memories of the past, and I really didn't have any guidance or discipline or structure. So I was really living from a a sad, emotional, angry state of mind. I was very naive, very ignorant, very angry, very negative, very controlling, abusive, toxic, you just name it. Without sharing too many details of my life story before my car accident, you know, I was into alcohol, drugs, sex, abuse, and friends, and just all the mindless things to escape reality in life. I didn't know what it was to be aware or conscious. I didn't understand what paradigms were or the consciousness or being peaceful or mindful or loving or forgiving was. Okay, so now fast forward living like that for nearly 20 plus years of my life. I was a runaway junior high dropout, no education, being beat up and bullied and tormented and alienated by my family. I had destruction. That's all I had. Both my parents divorced when I was one years old, and they both got into other emotional, abusive, toxic relationships, and it just rubbed off on me. So I basically didn't have an upbringing that was uh, loving, kind, compassionate, respectful, understanding, and communicative, right? So it was very belittling. Okay, so now come to my car accident. I must have been attracting a lot of negativity in my life. In school, skipping school, doing drugs, hanging out with friends and girls and just you name it. So around the age of 23, I probably already had over 50 to 60 different types of jobs in my life that I've always lost and got fired or was always aggressive or or arguing or fighting with the owner or the manager or the regional manager or whatever. But I was always really good at what I did. I was always the best. So people always thought 
I was negative or they didn't understand my energy and how powerful I was that I didn't know how to use it. I didn't know my cycles, my patterns or my karmas in life. And I didn't know how to listen into the whispers of awareness and the spirit. But I always knew there was something larger than me that I was connected to. But I didn't know consciously to tap into it when I needed to. It was always like in dire need or desperate feelings or emotions like, you know, what's going on with my life? I'll talk to myself or talk to source, but I didn't know how to utilize energy and utilize source to bring into the here and now. Okay, so that was long story short. So at 23 years old, I wake up in the morning uh, one day mindless. I'm renting out a basement suite. And the first thing you think it's the weekend. How do you enjoy your day and your night? You know, you want to drink, maybe have fun, see what kind of friends, guys, girls you can hang out with, kind of searching and self-loathing and looking for acquaintances, not realizing that they were also like me, non-player characters in this world, living in the matrix, mundane lifestyle, kind of just wasting life away. So I wake up and I start to envision my day. And I didn't know about envisioning and manifesting and imagination. And I'm like imagining all these things, but it was all toxic and negative. And I was able to attract exactly my night that I envisioned and attracted. So I wanted drugs and alcohol and party and girls and just nonstop and different numbers. It just without getting into details, one of those type of party lives. It happens. One phone call after another led to, hey, come to my house. And I had about 10, I don't know how many grams of mushrooms. And, you know, there was cocaine there and alcohol and marijuana. So I ended up, you know, having my bag of mushrooms and I'm like munching on it and chewing on it. And then I start drinking and I'm a smoker too. And then have marijuana there. And then there's girls in the back in the kitchen lining up cocaine saying, hey, come, it's ready. And as you can imagine, just a, a pity of a life. So I say, hey, I want to I'm going to leave. This is not that fun. I'm waiting for nothing. I'm waiting around getting all of this, but it's still not good enough for me. I always wanted more. I was always longing for more. And I always say that our souls, our spirits can, can be tainted if we're not directing and guiding our path in the right way. And we don't have any essence in our life. It could be tainted. You know, we're, our souls are here as students of life, right? And observers and noticers. So at that time, I wasn't picking up on the cues at all. And I wanted more. So I ended up saying, you know, where's my keys? Let's get in the car. I get in the car. I ended up leaving, right? And I get in the car and as soon as I'm driving, I'm getting lost and confused at my local city and I'm starting to forget where I am going. And I start to notice flashing lights just zipping and flashing by me, not realizing that it was me driving uh, in a residential area over a 100 kilometers an hour. And things start kicking in and I'm just getting dizzy and something in me, 
I clearly wasn't listening to the whispers my entire life. And it led me to this point. You can imagine how many points I had to face in my life. But this one time was the inevitable death of me. And I ended up crashing into two cars and blacking out. As I dazed back into consciousness, my foot pushes down all the way on the gas. And I end up driving up a yard and I smash into the corner foundation of someone's home and instantaneously eject headfirst out of the vehicle. I'm unconscious, but I'm aware within this silence and I notice stillness, no pain, no suffering, but then I can see my body stuck, crushed in between my waist out of the car, my whole body, my leg was stuck in the car. So when they did the investigation, uh, the crazy thing is that it is in the investigation that the police and the investigators and the homeowners seen my body on the passenger side of the vehicle. And that to everybody was crazy. They didn't understand how. I was able to do that. But it'll make more sense when I tell you about my experience. I was able to come in and out of my body at will. I felt as if my soul needed my body to survive. And I was able to drag myself out of that car and lay unconscious on the passenger side. And that's when my spirit left my body again. So meanwhile, I am just lucid, aware of the ambulance coming, trying to resuscitate me, revive me, and, you know, speaking in ways that I was like shocked that, you know, we're losing too much blood, you know, we're losing him. And they just wanted to go. So they strapped me up and they're trying to revive me and everything. And they take me into the ambulance and we're driving on the highway and I'm near my body, but I'm observing and noticing my body. And it made me feel like, what can I do with this information like i was i was observing everything i can see the lady and i can see the guy and i'm i'm seeing the driver and and that's not me cuz i was unconscious and i'm laying there and they're trying to resuscitate me but me the i the the soul the spirit was able to leave the ambulance and look at the ambulance driving to the hospital and coming in and looking at my frail body and i was able to see this and I was the witness of that. So I ended up going to get to the hospital. And, you know, here I'm, di I'm, they're telling, you know, I got, you know, they don't know what's going on with me. They knew, you know, obviously I broke my leg. I'm puffy everywhere. I've lost so much blood. There's glass, shards of glass in my forehead, in my face, in my neck, in the back of my neck, in my body, everywhere. And they're just shocked obviously a wreck like that, right? So slowly a few hours goes by and I hear like, you know, phone calls and families and I'm like tuning into this information that I'm able to tune in and I'm able to hear phone calls, but it's like far away from me. So I was wondering like anybody else about this, you know, how is it that I can hear and tap into this type of uh, information. So as family comes, I could just hear like, 
gasping. Oh my God. And I can hear their voice and their whispers and their prayers and everyone's coming and they're like one by one guys, one by one, you know, and everyone's just like ready either to wish me well for my death or for my funeral. They don't know. Right. Cause I'm on life support. So everyone's like in shock and some people are in stillness, quiet, and I can hear people praying. And there were moments where I had to go in for surgery and I noticed myself, my spirit being able to follow my body into surgery to support me nearby so I can stay well enough. I was just observing what was going on. And while that's happening, I can hear like my mom making phone calls to aunts and uncles and people across the world and telling them what's going on with me. And I ended up being able to tap into the consciousness of my mom, my cousins, my family, and hear their thoughts. So I can, I still do it a little bit. I don't want to freak anybody out, but I, I can hear people's thoughts. I heard people's thoughts and I was able to hear my mom before she was saying it. She was feeling it, thinking it, emotionalizing every word. And I'm hearing the, the ringing of the phone call and the other person on the other line answering the phone. And I immediately go and I transfer over to my uncle who answered the phone and received the phone call. And my mom saying exactly what she she had to say in her mind that Malcolm's been in a car accident and he immediately stopped the car and said we can't go on our vacation we have to turn around so these instances just kind of was astonishing to me nurses doctors even when it came to my self-healing again I was diagnosed with brain damage short-term memory loss I had over 75 percent of nerve damage paralysis on my the right side of my body I couldn't even lift up my arms I couldn't even do anything move my legs I was crushed by a thousand pounds of bricks so the fact of the matter is another scenario happened was the breathing tube that was in me was choking my body and my spirit sensed that and this is where it becomes more real, where I can come in and out of my body is my spirit came back into my body, took off my neck brace so I can breathe. So that people were screaming, shocked. My mom was screaming. Nurses didn't know. Doctors didn't know. And my mom panicking and nurses and everybody said that maybe he's responding. So what happened was when they all had to decide to either leave me plugged in or, you know, unplug me. There had to be a decision to be made by me, a sacrifice that I really didn't know, but it was like being in the unknowing, knowingly. And something kind of gravitated to me and I was getting these senses of I had to go somewhere and make a decision. Right as they come in and my mom's about to make a decision to pull out the uh, plug, my consciousness, my soul leaves outside of the hospital room and starts going and leaving. And yes, if people want to ask questions, was I able to go in different rooms and stuff and go around? Yeah, because I was going in for the surgeries and I was observing everything. 
And I was able to do it also other times. I had to make a second decision, which I'll come to after if I remember. But so my spirit's leaving the hospital room and I end up observing and watching me leave the hospital you know, and I see the landscape around and the hospital's getting further and further away and I'm looking down and I don't know where I'm going. I'm kind of in this feeling of what do I do? But I felt detached. I didn't feel attached to my body. I was able to see that I was just this reflection, this non-player character, I like to say. Now, it makes sense to me now what the Matrix is, but I've seen everything. Like, it's strange to explain that you are not your body, you're not your mind, you're not your feelings, thoughts, and emotions in the sense of being in the body. You're just this emptiness. You're this, I was something else. I was peace. And... I keep going and I end up connecting to a, uh, a vortex or like a, uh, some sort of a tunnel or funnel. And I end up getting gravitated up and it just kind of takes me, you know, unwillingly. And I'm just going faster and faster and faster. And I'm observing lights and the speed and the frequency and sound waves and thought waves and i'm just going from it further and further the further and further away i get i start to notice blackness all around me and where I, where i left from all black and i'm getting a little like nervous and i start to question in my mind what do i do is there ever going to be light and as I'm thinking, is there ever going to be light? I had to surrender and calm down and trust in the process. And all of these subtle words I've been saying have everything to do with being here and how we can turn it all into a practice. But as I'm, I'm going and I'm surrendering and I feel detached and not attached at all, and I have to let go of my ego mind and my ego spirit to make a decision to kind of like be in control. So I had to let go of the control that we're so used to. And that's when I start to see light. And I come towards a light that's like a warmth. It wasn't even warm, but it was like a glowing light. And it just surrounded everywhere. And I present myself and I stop and I'm like, where am I? You know, before I can get welcomed in or welcomed into the white light, I hear thoughts and feelings and emotions of warmth and compassion and love, empathy and sympathy and respect and honor and appreciation and like i felt like i was somewhere i've never been but this is where i was supposed to be this is where i come from and everyone seems so familiar but i didn't know anybody but it felt like i knew everybody it was like my angels 
were there. Like, and I can't say, yeah, that was my cousin. That was my grandfather that died. That was my, I can't, I don't know. But I did see like these beings and in an angelic way, kind of in surrender in the same respect, just kind of present. And I can just hear thoughts, feelings, and emotions of all this, like, you're welcome, you're home now, come. And so I'm observing that. But at the same time, I'm like, but where did I leave from? Where did I come from? Like, holy smokes, right? And I look back at my life and I'm able to observe my life review at that moment. And in that moment, I see how I treated it wasn't about how people treated me. I could play victim all day long. Like I have the life experience and all the stories to play victim, but I don't do that anymore. And I was able to see how I left my body and how I left people's emotions and how I was toxic and abusive and angry and negative and how I used to drink and drive and how I used to use people or take advantage or get help and under promise. I mean, promise, make promises to people like, thank you so much. I appreciate your help. I'll get you back. Or yeah, no, I, I respect you. I appreciate you. Like using people and being all talk. And I'm looking at all of that and I'm and and much more, like just seeing everything, my entire life review kind of flashed before my eyes from childhood all the way up to even having my first son, you know, seeing how I was going to leave him and how I was going to turn out and how I turned out uneducated, illiterate, stupid, a bully, you know, all these things I just seen like. What did I do? What did I live for? What did I do with my life? And I started to reflect on what I could have done different, what I should have done and what I would have done different and realized that, holy smokes, it's too late for all that. Like I'm, I'm done. I left my body and I don't know if I'm crippled, if I'm a vegetable, if I'm going to come back and I'm going to start walking and talking the same. I don't know if I'm paralyzed. I don't know if Life's going to be hard if I'll be able to come back to earth and forgive my mom, dad, my relationships that I had, or I'm going to be in it. Like the difficulty of life, the emotions, the density. And if I was told, I probably wouldn't have gone back. But right when I was contemplating all of that and I felt the regrets and I felt the shame and I felt the guilt and I felt the judgment coming out of me, but... I wasn't judged being up there. I wasn't being frowned upon, condemned or prosecuted. I wasn't being condemned. I was being welcomed and it's okay. That was your journey and look at it. You know, you're home now. I, I don't know. It felt like I had to beg, but a figure, a huge angelic being lifted its head and said, didn't speak, didn't have to say, but I felt, what do you want to do? What are you going to do? So basically, do I want to stay here? I'm home. I'm forgiven. I don't know what's going to happen next. And I didn't know other life reviews and other consciousness. I didn't know anything else except for that experience. And I said, um, I decide I choose to go back and I want to go back. And 
a moment went by and I was asked, are you sure? And I took a look and it didn't take too long, but I had to bite the bullet, you know, swallow that pill. And then I ended up saying, I'm sure. And as soon as I said, I'm sure I go back into the white light and into the blackness. And I go back the same way I entered and I'm going, going, going down faster, faster and faster. And I see the atmosphere again and I come in and the clouds and I see the landscape. And then, then I come and I see the hospital and I go, go, go. It, it's like a, it was like a dream, literally like a dream. But what made it not a dream, like, you know, near death experiences, people know about different stories and aspects and perspectives. The fact that what made it real was hearing people's prayers, thoughts. And then when I woke up, I told everybody and then being able to go and travel to my uncle and then know exactly the conversation he had and then finding out after, you know, things like that. I had to prove it to myself because I felt strange with my experience and nurses telling nurses, no, I'm healing. I can feel it. Like I'm connected. And they're like, what's this guy talking about? But anyways, hopefully that can get cut in somehow before <laughs> but anyways i end up coming and then into my body and being conscious and aware and my eyes are closed and that's as soon as that happened my mom unplugs me so all of that happened while my mom unplugs me and then they go sit down my sister sits down and everyone's just waiting and i could just hear prayers and calmness and you would think that I remembered everything. When I say that I did not have a heart of gratitude or love, I didn't have faith. So I came back the way I left <laughs> in this physical realm, like with the same pain, the same victim mindset, the same pain and suffering that I went through, the homelessness, the drugs and alcohol, the all the, the resentment everything. And I wake up in that pain and suffering. And I'm like, lift up my hand, falls down. I can't even move my leg. And I look up, I'm like, what the fuck is happening to my leg? I can't fucking move it. And I look and I see my mom, and my sister right there. My mom, they look at me they're like, they're probably thinking, oh, welcome back. Oh, gosh. You know, when you burst someone's bubble, talk about bursting somebody's bubble. I was that guy. And, um, can't you be grateful? You made it. You're alive. You survived, right? Nah, I didn't, I didn't have none of that. It was a journey, I tell you, a process. And I was victim mode and blame mode. And I didn't want to see my mom, didn't want to see my sister. I had so much packed up resentment. They weren't in my life. There was so much neglect and there was so much abandonment issues and trust issues and there was so much that you see these people now, you're out of the matrix, now you're the player of the character. And you're like, like I can't just dismiss everything. And I, I just wanted to shout and yell and tell and call people out on their fraudulence and shame and tell them the truth and tell everybody where to go and what to do and how to do it. And even doctors and nurses, police officers, judges, everything. I was just more intense. I didn't know how to do it in such a calm way, in a constructive way. I didn't know how to teach the lessons and the wisdoms and the guidance at that time. And I had to go through it all. 
and learn the process again, learn how to walk again, learn how to talk properly again. I knew how to talk, but I was losing my voice. It was, I had a lisp and I was panicking. They didn't know I had bleeding going on in my brain and they were just giving me more pharmaceuticals. And I was looking in, I'm like, so this is the system. They just keep giving me pharmaceuticals. I started to wake up and they were all, I could hear everyone's whispers and I can hear people coming miles away. And I knew who was coming into the hospital and it was crazy. And I knew family members coming in before they came into my room and I, and I was more in tune and I'm like playing, messing around with energies. And like when they would do my blood pressure, I was able to show them how pissed off I am and they're getting scared how I'm raising it so high. And I'm like, fine, I'll lower it. And then I would lower it. And so I'm like testing things. I'm healing my bones, healing. People are laughing at me, you know, joking around saying, this, what, who does this guy think? And they're all making a mockery of me in the hospital, in the rehabilitation center. But I proved them all, all wrong. I walked out of that hospital in six days. I healed my lungs in three days. I healed my bones less than six months, less than 12 months, everything. I took myself off of all the pharmaceuticals. So there's processes and techniques that I do now. But anyways, but these are some of the, if people want to say, outcomes of your reality when you start to wake up and make sacrifices and detach and surrender and learn the process and understand uh, you can tune in. But that all this started happening and in the midst of that happening, me being suppressed on more morphine, Percocet, oxycodone, I feel shaking in my brain like water, cold water, like I don't know, it was blood. And the doctor's trying to give me more and I panic and I yell at him. I'm like, what is wrong with you? I'm telling you, stop suppressing it. What are you guys doing? And I'm telling him, educating. He's like, okay, Malcolm, it costs $10,000 a pop to run this. And this is, the, this is how the system works. And this is what we do. And I'm like, no, no, not with me, buddy. You're going to send me. He's like, okay, okay, right? And then they, they booked me in. They sent me in the same night or the next day. And he, they find out I have bleeding in my brain. And they said, you know, you have a choice to make. And this is another life or death choice. I said, what? And I was pissed off. I'm like, I just survived this. Weeks go by, almost a month, less than a month and a half. And now you tell me I have to go in for brain surgery. And you're telling me to make a decision, you know, to do this. I said, what's the problem? They said, they're going to drill into your skull through right to your brain. They're going to see, you know, maybe you might have a tube there. And I'm like, oh, man. And I had to really practice what I was learning in this journey of acceptance and understanding and letting go of the ego and don't do so, so much mind work and just relax and detach and understand and appreciate. And it was hard. I'm telling you when you, you know, it was hard. So I end up going in for this surgery and I'm awake the whole time. And I feel the drill going in and they couldn't give you any pharmaceuticals. They couldn't give you any T4s, nothing. They're just putting numbness. And so I was numb. They drill right through. And then three to four hours after the surgery, they cannot give you nothing. You feel every pain, what it would feel like if you were to literally get drilled in the head and then stay like that for four hours. That kind of pain I had to endure 
And I tell you, when my spirit left my body after the third hour of dealing with that suffering, then I felt good. I was I learned how to leave my body again and just kind of go in the hospital, look around and stuff. And then I come back and that's when the nurse was able to say, hey, are you okay? We can give you pharmaceuticals now. And uh, yeah, so that's basically some of my story. And I ended up learning through the journey of self-healing and how to change my patterns, understand my cycles, understand and pay attention to the patterns I make in life and the outcomes that come from that, you know, I was able to get my uh, criminal record dropped, you know, seven year, I had fines and fees I needed, I had emergency protection order placed against me, I had, like charges up the wall, I had so many things going on in my life. And I had to learn how to manifest and attract differently, how to quantify my experience in life, how to get rid of all the pain and suffering, how to get rid of all of these things going on in life that people say it's happening to me, it's happening to me. I had to learn how to transmute energies and transform my life and rewrite my destiny and to quantum jump my 20 years waste of life to 20 years in advance to, you know, publishing a self-help book for children, being able to manifest, you know, attract so many different things. And I don't need to go into all that kind of stuff, but just shifting your reality, changing my personality to learn how to love, learn how to forgive, learning how to let go of resentment, understanding all these emotions, and just going through life differently to experience a different life coming from what type of life I came from. So that's a bit of my story. I appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you so much. And you know, if you guys want to find out more how I was able to transform my life and rewrite uh, the script and rewrite and go against the grain, you can reach me at www.guidedintelligence.ca and you can find my children's self-help book on Amazon called Arnav's Affirmations. And a lot of this curriculum that I put into place step-by-step for you guys can easily be, you know, harnessed. You can also quantify your experience here in life and do what so many people are doing. But again, I appreciate you for listening. And if you want to find out more, you can find me on any platform under Guided Intelligence or Malcolm Nair. Thank you.